0: PCMA is the definitive authority in education, business networking, and community engagement for leaders in the global meetings, convention, and business events industry. We're pleased to partner with the Dallas CVB to bring you this podcast, Strategic Meetings Management, leveraging your program's engagement strategy to reach your ROI potential. This session was delivered in the corporate meetings headquarters at PCMA's Convening Leaders, January 11th, 2016 in Vancouver. To earn CEUs, tune in at the end of this podcast for more information. Our presenters, Lisa Fingerhut, Engagement Manager at McDonald's Corporation, and Aaron Stahowiak, Project Manager at McDonald's Corporation, will help you understand the value of taking your strategic meetings management program to the next level through the development of an attendee engagement program. If it's time to evaluate the state of your current strategic meetings management program, you can't afford to miss this case study. First, a message from our sponsor. Big things happen in Dallas, and we're the perfect choice for your meeting, big or small, with over 1,800 daily flights into two major airports and more than 30,000 hotel rooms with 16 new hotel projects over the next two years. And after your meeting, we have something to please every one of your attendees from sports, to shopping, to dining and entertainment. Plus, the Dallas Convention and Visitors Bureau team is here to help you make your next meeting your best ever. Let us show you how Dallas delivers big at visitdallas.com slash meetings.
1: Great to be here this
2: afternoon. It is great to be here. Uh, so I'm Erin and this is Lisa, just in case that's, you don't <laughs> know. Uh,
1: let's see what I can do here. Yeah,
2: there All we right. go. So, We'll go ahead and get started. And maybe actually it would be good just quickly if we could do some um, informal polling of, um, it's a little hard to see everyone. Who in the room is a corporate or association planner? Okay, great. And then we're gonna assume everyone else is on the supplier side and thanks everyone for being here, fabulous. Um, So learner outcomes, right? So what we're hoping that you can walk away with uh, uh, after our session, right, is to be able to evaluate the current state of your SMM program, wherever you are on your journey, right, which could be thinking about one, supporting someone's, or, um, or really even maybe farther than we are, which could be two, um, and then determine uh, which components of an SMM engagement strategy might provide some ROI for your, ROI for your organization. So our hope today, right, we have a little twist on our SMM um, beyond the general principles, right? We are sharing how we use engagement to also reinforce what uh, our program is bringing to the table. And then to help you develop an action plan to implement components of an engagement strategy as part of your SMM, if that was something you think that was a good idea. And as we go along, you know, we'll have a couple pauses
1: in the program just for questions or comments or a little discussion amongst yourselves, whatever works, but please feel free. This can be an, as interactive as we want it to be. So if there's something you want to
2: comment on as we're talking, just please do. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So um, before there was SMM, right? There was McDonald's uh, born in 1955. Our first convention was back in 1965. So um, as our company grew, right? We had lots of more and more employees and suppliers and divisions and departments and everything grew as did our meetings, right? And through time it became very clear that we had a big opportunity to be more strategic with the way that we were doing those. So, as a result, M3 was born, which is McDonald's meetings management, which is um, how we branded our uh, strategic meetings management program. All right, so like um, most programs, right? We had traditional initial goals for our program, right? So a line of sight into what we were doing. So we knew that there were tons of meetings happening, uh, but where were they going? Who was going? When were they happening? Could we be smarter about them? So we wanted to get a good old line, in, line of sight into those programs. Um, when, before we had our program, we offered services to help people contract, contract their events. And um, we were seeing about 70 a year, you know, right now we know we do about 2000 meetings of the year in the U.S. So it was pretty clear that we had a lot of liability out there, um, cost savings, right, is a big component of SMM. So certainly that was on our radar duty of care, where our, um, you know, in these times, right, it's really critical to know where your employees are. And, uh, and we could not do that and uh, Still have opportunities there, but that's the way that goes, right? Mm -hmm. Things keep going. And then standardization, right? So as we um, standardize processes from the way that people plan meetings, as well as the way people experience their meetings, right? That efficiencies could be realized throughout our system. Um, Additionally, right? So everyone um, approaches their program a little differently and has different opportunities, right? The other thing that was really important to us, you know, in addition to these kind of basic concepts, was you know, we knew we were spending all this money on meetings, and how could we help the people who were planning the meetings better develop their objectives and then really measure against that? So that was a big thing for us. Additionally, you know, traditional programs, right? You launch in the U.S. and then your goal is to go global as you continue to expand so that you can really apply those principles across the globe. Over the last couple of years, the focus on McDonald's for our markets has been very much letting them focus on what they're doing. So we were kind of you know, like, hold off on that for a little bit. We're going to let the markets do their own thing, which really allowed us to spend some good time focusing on um, engagement strategies within the SMM, so.
1: Right, which, yeah. is, which is where, I, which is where <laughs> I come in. So um, on a parallel path of what Aaron is talking about in the more traditional SMM programs, there was already work happening that was a really good fit and that was really what we kind of call the human side and you know engagement is a big buzzword now and I'm lucky to have you know grown into a role and developing that discipline around SMM so it's been a really exciting opportunity to say well what is this and and you know, start with kind of the very tactical stuff, but really have some long-term goals of, you know, connecting our attendees to the content. And so I do that in various ways and, and I'm always looking for opportunities and how, how to, to, you know, create these new experiences all around our attendees and, and really help to connect them with those messages. And, and we've uh, implemented that and starting to just kind of test pilot I think from really the kickoff in 2014 with our uh, global owner operator convention that we do every two years and up until now, we've had some really great um, experiences with that that I'll I'll share a little bit later. But it's really all about connecting our attendees to the messages. Um, And I went backwards, so let me go forwards. (laughs) It's a test, it's a test. So, we had some pretty lofty goals, which is really not unusual for us. You know Sometimes we feel like we're biting off a little bit more than we can chew, but you know then we kind of find that we're just stretching ourselves and we start stepping into the uh, occasion, right? So um, those lofty goals, it wasn't just to identify engagement words that start with "m." Although that was a lot of fun, <laughs> uh, because this was my little uh, pet project which was branding of, of M3, McDonald's meetings management. And, and the fun part was to really see that come to life. Um, it is widely known in our system now as M3, and, and we're not the only ones that refer to it. And, and that's where we were sort of like, oh, this is really cool.
2: We we were actually in a meeting when someone was like, oh, M3 is here, and it was three of us. I'm like, well, we're, you know, there's there's three of us. It's not just
1: So not everyone knows what it stands for, but McDonald's is this crazy world of acronyms. And if you're in the corporate world, you may know that yourself, you know, but um, we have an acronym for everything. So we just created a new one that stuck. So we're very proud of that. But um, then I had a lot of fun. You know, let's um, really, you know, the the idea was, we're a big decentralized system, McDonald's is. And uh, so it's um, operationally, it's not like that at all. You know McDonald's, you go to one McDonald's in, in one city or, or one country to the next, and it's the same. And so, you know, processes are, are fantastic and, and um, operationally very, very process and, and driven, but at the same time, we're a franchise organization. Um, Percentage wise, you know, we have some corporate restaurants also, but um, they are their own business owners and they can run their meetings the way they want to and they can purchase their meetings the way they want to. And these are uh, large companies and and very successful business owners. So they drive, you know, they, they call the shots. So it's not necessarily something that we control and we don't necessarily control also the way the communications cascade. But again, to Aaron's point of duty and care, and, and standardization, and making sure that our branding is consistent, you know, we really needed to step up to the plate and do something to start kind of just wrangling all of this and, and providing the tools and resources um, for the company, so for the corporation, but also that we could share to the owner-operator organizations and start you know, and and start um, helping them into. Uh, implement some of these processes as well. So um, our objectives really were to offer this suite of solutions that support every aspect of event communications um, and needs through every, every uh, aspect of the event life cycle. And so, you know, we put together this robust toolbox. Um, we leveraged many of the CVent tools and um, really we put together uh, something that could grow with us and that we could expand on and just get as creative as as possible with. So uh, M3 turned into Manage, and that was our attendee management system, Um, and that is available for all system employees who plan events. Um, It's complimentary, so we don't charge, so we, we had great adoption there. And um, we have a team that helps train and support our uh, departments and whomever is using the attendee management site. And we also help develop sites so they can do it on their own, or we or we can assist. Um, uh, M3 Market uh, is our e-marketing tools. So again, some newsletter tools and uh, help with e-blasts and e-marketing and awareness and things like that. Um, measure analytics super important. And so you know, we have found that this has really helped in um, as McDonald's organizationally has changed quite a bit over the last couple of years, um, resources are are not as available as they used to be, and so this has really helped our admins and this has really provided tremendous value for them in their jobs and in their roles to you know understand we 'll talk a little bit more about ROI, but but to be able to measure some of some of the results um, of their meetings and then mobile so you know really critical to the meetings, and this is a, is a hugely valuable resource to the system. Um, we uh, adopted Crowd Compass, and that is now our enterprise mobile app solution. And we'll get into a little bit more of the details about that in a little while.
2: So in addition to our engagement goals, right, we have return on investment goals. Um, so Minings for Meetings is one of the tools that we use, right? So we want to, um, ensure that we're capturing as much as possible so that we're able to tell our story, right? ROI is all about measurement. So um, annually we sit down and look at all our entire volume. We work with accounting, we work with our uh, GSOs and really try and get a snapshot of what was spent and and happened out in the world and measure that against what we're capturing. And we've seen great uh, adoption throughout that process. And additionally, um, applying traditional uh, strategic sourcing objectives or strategies, right, so that um, Going back to Lisa's point, we're very decentralized and now we're in a system where we actually have uh, master level service agreements in place with a majority of our meeting vendors as well as service level agreements, right? So we actually then can measure against that and tell the story of what we're accomplishing with our program,
1: right? So technology, um, it's pretty fair to say that uh, McDonald's was really late to the game with technology and it has been um, a challenge and an opportunity. Uh, the past two years have been huge with McDonald's in the technology space. And in, um, we really wanted to be there to help the system grow in this area. And why that was so critical is because everything that we do, even though we're talking about meetings and events, everything that we do goes back to um, how do we support the business overall, our overall McDonald's global business objectives and uh, goes back to our customer in the restaurants. So uh, if, if when we, we think about it in those terms, we knew that a couple years ago, uh, technology was gonna be start, starting to be implementing in our restaurant in a digital way, in a, in a huge way. So now if you visit restaurants, you might see, uh, you, you know, we have a global mobile app with mobile offers. Um, we were a little bit late to the game in that, but that's been rolled out in the last couple of years. Um, you'll see uh, self-ordering kiosks and kind of new uh, new experiences that uh, McDonald's has really modernized and grown hugely in the digital area over the last couple of years. So it was really important that we moved in that direction and, and helped the system kind of along so that the tools and the resources that they used were right in line with how our customers were experiencing the brand. So th- this was pretty intentional. And we really started this a couple of years ago when we knew that this was happening. Again, 2013, 2014, we started rolling out some of these tools really from the admins on up. We, we needed to help them feel very comfortable with technology in their hands. And so a lot of the technology that we started um, implementing was to ultimately, you know, be able to see that return on investment and really ultimately the return on objectives.
2: So, we thought it would be valuable to just kind of quickly highlight our journey, right? For uh, people to kind of get perspective on, on where we started and and how we got there, right? So um, the more we heard about SMM many years back, so like 2010, 2011, it um, really started to resonate with us and this really started to seem like a good idea, right? So we started to do some really extensive benchmarking with like corporations, um, some who were well ahead of us, some that were well behind us, uh, but really trying to understand that. We did a ton of industry research and met with every kind of provider in this space, understanding the really vast capabilities that were out there and what was available to us. Um, we did some stakeholder intake within the organization, kind of trying to understand what their pain points were, and this was really critical, right? So that as we started to roll out this process, that we could speak directly to what you told us was that you needed help with this, and this is how you can get there. Um, we formed a an advisory council, the SMMPAC, as we called it, <laughs> um, and this was, you know, any kind of level of stakeholder. We included legal, we included finance, we included IT, and than all these kind of ad hoc meeting planners throughout our system. Some who we knew would be excited about it, maybe some who we knew might not be that excited about it. So they were really forced to be engaged. When we launched the program, we had this kind of network out there, right? who was people were asking about it. They were prepared to answer the questions. Um, For those of you that are in initial phases, the other thing we did with the SMMPAC is we gave them all sorts of kind of um, talking points for their development, for their annual reviews and stuff like that. This was a big point for them. So it was a point of pride as this all happened that they really felt part of it. Um, we developed a business case, right? So there's all sorts of amazing um, tools out there now to help you do this. this event just rolled out a really robust one that you can just download. None of that existed five years ago. <laughs> um, so we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what our overall spend looked like and what we could achieve by rolling out a program. Um, And we added an engagement manager role. So Lisa joined the team. uh, Give me. Yeah, (laughs) right. And uh, and got us in position to do kind of our next phases, right? So our first year we launched the program. Um, You know, there was a ton of training that went along with it. We uh, started recording our savings. So we had a good story to tell and um, really robust reporting that we were giving to management, right? So um, really, Quite exciting. Our first year, we achieved sixty percent adoption of our overall volume, so we felt really, really happy about that. And um, you know, Lisa mentioned that the attendee management tool that we use with Cvent is complimentary. In the past, we had a kind of pay-as-you-go tool that some people were using, but we got some. We got to see a thirty percent increase in adoption of our attendee management, so really helping with that duty of care and getting people um, excited about it.
1: Right, so I'm gonna get into a little bit more uh, detail about the the mobile apps, but but we did in um, year, so we, where did we go? We launched the mobile app in in year two. Um, We didn't have time to even roll it out to the system. We did a couple pilots, five pilots, I think. And so we identified from the (laughs) S-M-M-P-A-C. She says it a lot faster than I do. It doesn't exactly roll off my tongue. But um, we identified from those stakeholders uh, five pilot apps that we could test. And we just kind of like held on to our seats from there because it was crazy how well it was adopted. So we had all of this communications plan and launch plan, and we actually never really got around to it. Um, So in um, year three, uh, and then we we also launched the survey support. So there, if you know crowd compass, there's survey capabilities within that tool, but then we also have the uh, additional survey tool that is quite robust. So we were really able to see uh, leverage that quite well. Um, So in year three, we produced 25 mobile apps um, and Ten surveys, which seems low. I think there there might have been more than that.
2: Yeah, I think that was really (laughs) specific to events, right? Versus, you know, the other thing that we have been working on too is really like bring ideas to us and see how our tools can help you. So we've done some really kind of non-event based, but some really cool solutions, which have really helped people, you know, continue to embrace us as we brought other stuff um, to them.
0: Head to Dallas for your next meeting, and your attendees will get the added benefit of vibrant entertainment options and unforgettable experiences at every turn. Whether it's heart-pounding sports action, a night of arts and culture, or world-class dining and shopping options, the big moment is waiting in Dallas for even the most diverse groups. Find out how Dallas delivers big at visitdallas.com meetings.
2: All right. so everyone um, get up and do jumping jacks. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so, we thought we would take a moment to pause, answer any questions if anybody has them, and then. Um, so, I guess maybe we should start there. Any questions at this point? <laughs> any ideas? Thoughts? Excitement? Yeah. All right. We should have planted questions. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you have any existing MSAs or SLAs so with any of the suppliers? And are they mostly hotels?
2: They are mostly hotels. We have expanded that a little bit uh, with, you know, some DMC type organizations, transportation and and other meeting support organizations, like restaurants that we use frequently, those types of things. We've been able to develop some MSAs there. Um, We certainly started, you know, kind of with the bigger, more frequent um, hotels and, you know, have continued to go from there. I'm sure from your experience, you know that that can take a really long time. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I think we are now at like 18, but it's taken us a couple of years to get
3: there. How big is your team? Oh, small. <laughs>
2: yeah, so our team is small, but um, I think another good point is that we didn't shift our, our team at all, right? We um, shifted some responsibilities within our team. So we added a gatekeeper role uh, so someone who doing some, was doing some planning and helping us from an admin side kind of blended into um, an intake person, right? So really evaluating all the requests you were getting. Um, all the sourcing is done externally, right? So they're using our instance of CVent, but Helms Briscoe is our sourcing partner. So they handle all of that, right? So the sourcing and contracting is external. So that's certainly helped from a volume perspective. And then, um, which and so they are also doing that for us, right? So that started easing some of our planners Responsibility, and I'm not answering your question, but I will get there. Um, right? You're at least one, like you, not four, right? okay. Yeah, so, um, and then, you know, just having these other tools, right, that really helped us has really allowed. To free up some time so that we've been able to do all this without adding people so our overall team we have one director we have five project managers and then we have five planners as our current uh, organization and we handle about 30 events where we are actually the planning team um, one of which is a large event that's usually about 15,000 people and that is a different event every other year odd and even year super um, Mm-hmm. Say so, answer your question or any other questions as a... So that was what, ten? You're like, and you, ten, and, uh, <laughs> ten questions, right, okay. No, ten yeah. people.
4: Wow. Yeah. I'd be uh, curious to hear just uh, from the constituents, you know, how did they embrace the process? Was there a lot of, you know, this is the fun part of my job, I don't want to give it up. How did you help educate mm-hmm. them on the Liability aspects, and really trying to get a handle on what the overall spend is for the organization, how you can help leverage, and wind up helping them in the long term.
2: Yeah. Um, so for the meetings that we're sourcing and contracting, right, they are still planning those meetings. So a lot of what people are most interested in is that part of it. Um, so that ended up being pretty easy sell. We definitely had some people who really liked the negotiating part of it, who we had to work through. Right. Um, And, you know, we certainly have contemplated like, is it worthwhile to, you know, kind of certify them to be able to do that because it is important to them? But, you know, at this point, we have not done that. Um, You know, the SMMPAC was a key part of that, really giving them the language to be able to say, oh, this is why we're doing it. And this is, you know, um, the Can I add to that, Erin? Yeah. Uh kind yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. the other part of that, right, is like it's very easy for someone who's not reviewing a contract and, and not doing a full RFP process to call a hotel and be like, Yeah, I need a ballroom next week and get a contract signed in twenty four hours, right? The hardest part is certainly been getting them to understand why it takes longer, right? And and that is true for them and their leadership, right? Because they're accustomed to being able to do all that. So even though the system, right, from a McDonald's standpoint, like that's how we buy everything, like it should be very clear that that's how that works. It, that's been a little bit of an adoption. So,
1: McDonald's has gone through a number of changes organizationally over the past couple of years. So this, ad- adopting this process and understanding because we have gone through many cost saving, you know, opportunities and the resources aren't what they used to be. So those admins and those departments and those stakeholders who have adopted this, this has empowered them. And, and so those who have understood that and adopted this and grown with this opportunity, find themselves in a, in a nice position now that they can grow with, and they don't necessarily have the time to do the, the yeah. tasks that they used to do to do all the So, so some of them is like, oh, that's a relief. You know, I can now do this other part of my job, but I understand the bigger picture. And so that's really empowered them in their jobs.
0: What parameters does your uh, Gatekeeper
1: have in order for you to take an event on?
2: Um, Well, that actually is kind of determined at an annual level, right? So we kind of understand. you know, there's lots of events we do that are repeat events. So we know that that's happening. Um, If people, if there are events that we don't traditionally take on that they want our support, then we actually will either charge back for them or we will, Find them a planner externally that will help support them. That we will work with to make sure that they are, you know, they understand the way that McDonald's like thing, likes things planned, um, and get them done for them.
1: Great. Should we move on?
2: Uh, well, I think too we wanted to, you know, just spend a little bit time talking about like where people are in their process. We can do that a couple different ways. We kind of wanted to wing it because we weren't sure how many people were going to be in the room. Um, but if you kind of want to just maybe talk to your neighbor, right? And talk or share if you want as a group, you know, where you're at with your process or where, um, if anything resonates
5: um, I'm with Shell and our um, Obviously with oil prices the way that they are. I'd just like to make a statement that we'd be happy with three dollar gas not two and then Mm -hmm. the economy would be much better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can we just meet in the middle? (laughs) Um, A year ago at this time before oil prices tanked um, our department went through a reorganization because we joined the communications team We're kind of on our own and people left us alone and now we're all of a sudden part of a global team. So our planning team of 13 was reduced to three. And so um, we now just handle tier one events and they have to meet two of the three criteria of $50,000 and above, VP or above sponsored or external brand impact. Um, Anything beyond that, we have an online tool that People put their parameters in and then if it if they just want it to be sourced, it goes to merits through a, a form. If they need a planner, then we have contract planners that work on tier two and they pay for their time. So it seems to have worked out. And you know, a year ago at this time I was crying over the whole um, reorganization, but we probably would have had to do it anyway.
2: And then Mary, do you also have for you know tier two and like people within the organization that are planning some of those events too?
5: Yeah, um, there, there's not a requirement that they go through us, but we've advertised, you know, th- or communicated throughout the company that there are still resources there. The hardest part is the sourcing and contracting, and we have resources to help them. Right. Um, if they want a planner, they have to pay for it, but otherwise, Merits is there and can help source and negotiate contract terms, send them a contract. But from that point on, they're in charge of planning, executing, and paying.
2: Okay and then to answer maybe the gentleman's question over here too, did you have a lot of resistance when you rolled this out or any kind of experiences from folks who?
5: Yeah, because um, I've been with Shell now 10 years. So when I joined Shell, the resistance was, that's the fun part of my job and we don't wanna to have to go through you. And now they're like, well, we were told we have to go through you and we've reduced our staff and now we don't have the people to do it. And, and they saw the value and not only that, but it was like, you know, we're great. It was great expertise. Um, You saved us money, so the benefit isn't there.
6: Yeah,
2: okay, thanks. Anybody else have a story to share? Okay, all right,
6: keep going then.
1: Okay, moving right along. So we'll talk about engagement ROI a little bit, and um, I already spoke to that we saw 300% growth in one year of the mobile app once we um, deployed this enterprise solution. So uh, just to go back to the the beginning of the adoption, we went from four pilots to 26 meetings at meeting apps, and average uh, 75% attendee adoption, and continues to grow. So we really are are seeing that uh, going very well. Um, our attendees, as as the tool, uh, as we offer more features and we uh, are able to explore different uses of that, our attendees are adopting that. Our departments are using that, they're leveraging that, We're, uh, they're understanding how to now design their meetings around this solution. So they're incorporating it for lots of different uses and it's really been a lot of fun for them and they've seen, you know, really great results um, with the attendee engagement. Uh, so, Content customization, we're, we're really focused on now is this idea of personalization. And I think a lot of us are, is that we're able to target uh, certain audiences with certain content. And so that's really helped uh, us move forward in that area. Uh, we've seen savings um, where we moved so quickly in this realm that um, while you know my com- intention was to start at one place and be able to measure that savings, we just haven't had time. So now we're kind of going back retroactively and, and saying, you know here's where we started and, and what, uh, what savings we're, we're, we're seeing. So I hope within the next year we'll be able to capture that a little bit more efficiently. But um, there we've used the app for some larger events that we may have contracted to design a custom app for. So obviously that has yielded some of the bigger savings that we've seen. And then again, our admins are loving this. They're not buying binders, they're not collating. They are incredible champions of this. And, and when I say that, I mean, they have, you know, for years and years and years, part of their process and part of the job that they loved is like, let's get this stuff ready for, you know, the marketing team, the marketing you know right. group and everything like that. And now they're just like, uh, heck no, you know, we're, we're doing this and, and they're loving it. They're sending out push notifications, and they're doing all kinds of crazy things that they they're just really enjoying. Um, Pre reads, uh, you name it, you know, it's it's they're they're using it, so they're really saving those collateral costs. Well, uh, well, we've seen that that this has really helped us in gathering assets. So they're using it for crowdsourced photos and the social feeds, and using that in their meetings. So sometimes we're just downloading those for them and helping them. You know re- reuse and repurpose some of those assets in their walk-ins in their videos and things like that so it's helped us there and most importantly you know it's it's helped us um, extend our, our messages and align our messages and get immediate feedback that we've been able to use um, very effectively um, uh, so Creating awareness and and promoting uh, a lot of uh, the resources that are available also, you know, very, very important. Um, There's one particular um, case study that I'd like to share because this is really this concept of um, extending the event well beyond um, the initial event in... And uh, we did this uh, for one of our U.S. Owner Operators events, and I I spoke to this in more detail in a uh, session that I did yesterday, but we developed an engagement platform. Um, One was a responsive uh, uh, website and the other was the app, and they worked together for our U.S. Owner Operator event, and we um, really collected a lot of great resources at the event and then we uh, enabled the attendees to use that post event. So what happened is what we saw that all of that content that was from the US operator event um, became available to repurpose and our regions started actually taking that because we packaged it well for them and then using it for their own regional event. Again, extending the message Creating a very a lot of value there for us and for them. And so uh, that is just a, you know one of the areas that we will hope to see continue grow and to really be able to ex- use those resources in that way and leverage it for other events where it takes that, it lines those messages again
0: and takes it deeper into the system, and that's what we want to see. Head to Dallas for your next meeting. With more than 1,800 daily flights into two major airports, Dallas is a stress-free three-hour trip from almost anywhere in the country. And our easy ground transportation options get your meeting attendees going fast. Find out how Dallas delivers at visitdallas.com slash meetings.
1: So um, what's next in the uh, engagement world? Um, and uh, really, uh, for, for us, I think that that's... Helping our attendees understand how to uh, deliver on their objectives through engagement, and uh, you know we really want them to whether it is a um, a, a ten-person meeting or a you know huge marketing meeting, it's you know what are the tools that I have available to me? Just exactly what we did with that U.S. owner-operator convention is is you know. How do I use this in advance? How do I create the awareness? How do I get the adoption? How do I collect the resources? How do I leverage those resources? and then make sure that you know on, on, the, on the post um, we're able to then continue leveraging those those messages? So um, we are really looking at kind of helping our, our uh, stakeholders with that strategy, and of course we need additional resources. So we're building our bench. Uh, We have a team of three, me and two others, which is really huge in my opinion, (laughs) Um, but um, we can't do it all. So we need additional resources. We need, uh, you know, we we continue to build our bench of folks that are able to build uh, reg sites for us, build mobile apps for us, um, help with different aspects of, of engagement. We're, really looking at kind of growing our, we're, we're, we're starting to look at um, virtual meetings as an aspect of engagement, right? So how do we do hybrid meetings and how do we start? Again, that's, that's something that is really needed in our big decentralized system is, you know, we're not gonna be able to maybe host as many live meetings or maybe there has to be some virtual or hybrid meetings. So that's gonna be something that we're gonna be doing a little bit more. Um, so we're, we're we're really looking to grow in those areas in the next couple of years. Huh? Jumping jacks.
2: Yeah, jumping jacks for everyone. Um, all right, so we're kind of back to a point where questions or comments that we wanted to just kind of uh, facilitate some discussion around what we've been talking about and see what kind of questions there are. And if people are game to talk about we're in their SMM journey, engagement kind of lies, and
3: maybe some, if they have roadblocks that we could talk through, or um, or ideas. Or. Now that you guys are in year three of your journey, you meant you touched on it earlier, but didn't really talk about what the future is in terms of expansion globally. Will you guys be going into the different markets, and do you have a strategy you're working on for that?
2: uh we do but it's really kind of back in its infancy right like we it's not something we've been focusing on because we knew we couldn't do it so that certainly is next um we have actually had the great pleasure right of um taking some of these engagement tools out across the globe right Right. so that was an easy thing that they've been using it in europe a little bit they've been using it in australia um right here in canada and right here in canada (laughs) a lot right so um so it, that I think will really help set that path, right? That mm-hmm. like we have those relationships and we can, we'll easily be able to build on that. So quiet, quiet, quiet. Um, oh, yeah, Mary? Are you gonna show the app or do you have a sample to show us the app? Ooh,
1: I don't, but if we can connect, I'm certainly able to share it with you. Yeah, we, we actually have a, a demo app that, that we share with, our, with the system. So I'm, I'm happy to share that with you. Yeah, definitely.
4: Um, Again, as you're moving into year three, uh, you have trying to get people on board with the program, selling them on the aspects and the benefits of using the program. Are you moving into any type of a mandatory registration of events? There's mandatory Mm -hmm. compliance. All RFPs have to be sourced through the tool. Um, Get a meeting card. You have to register a meeting, things like that.
2: Yeah, so we actually, so with the program lunch, we did um, have a meeting policy that was enacted, which is mandated, right? So any events that are more than 50 people or have 10 or more sleeping rooms per evening do have to be registered and sourced through our program. So we do have a, a mandated component from that perspective. Um, you know, Payment certainly is a pain point for us. Right now, the way that we are collecting um, information is we are literally following up the meeting owners after the meeting, getting their invoices, and we have someone putting that in Cvent. Um So if anyone has great ideas with that, we'd love to hear about mm-hmm. that, all about sharing. Um, so that in addition to our global rollout is our kind of next big bandit venture is trying to figure out how to automate that process. Um, and people have varying levels of success with that through payment cards and stuff like that. How about anyone with SMM programs that have good payment solutions that they would want to share while we're idea-sharing?
3: <laughs> have you guys thought about using a centralized meeting card? So you've got all purchases going back to one central source. And, I mean, you, and you can roll those out right. country, to country as well. So we have a program that we work on and, and we've rolled out meeting cards per country. Okay. And then that allows us, the, the purchasers get reconciled internally. Right, but everything goes
2: on that card, and so it's been a great way to uh, capture spend. All right. So just because she didn't have a mic, the purchase cards rolled out per country, and then reconciling against purchase orders. Right. So we don't, we currently don't have a purchase order process. Um, so, Erin, how, like, from a reconciliation standpoint, right? Someone is still going in and saying, okay, hotel was thirty thousand dollars, F and B was twenty thousand dollars, like.
3: You know. Absolutely. Those things are all being reconciled on a show-level budget, right. right? just like they are. And it's very similar. I mean, I know it's somewhat about your business yeah. internal processes, mm-hmm. so it's a different variation of your kind of journal entry yeah. and type process. But it definitely helps to... At least data
2: start data. in one... And I think yeah.
3: what is also interesting is there's been a lot of people concerned about whether or not you know, annex cards or main cards can be used in various countries. And we've really, I feel like, pushed the boundaries. Okay. And it's really been um, well-received.
2: And you are, you, are you doing various bank cards by country because of the AMEX concern or not really?
3: Uh, when we go into China, that process will change. Okay. Right, I mean, it certainly changes, but I mean, across Europe and general Asia, it's been acceptable okay. um, to use AMEX. Oh, um, okay, across that's America. good. But you know, like I said, as we go into China, that story changes a mm-hmm. little bit. So we'll be adopting our processes there mm-hmm. and probably, and you, you do get into regions of the world where it needs to be localized banking. So Got you it. have to come up with different processes. Mm-hmm. I am
2: um, hopeful that sooner versus later, right, that the data that's coming back over from hotels via a purchase card actually is categorized and that, or that data is coming back over in levels two and three so that that is. Uh, I was going to bring that up yeah. too because. Health, right? right? Yeah. Any hotel is in the room.
5: IRS, um, you know, we have to report every meeting and. Name, title, legal company name of every attendee and dollar amount spent on each. And um, I, you know, we've been we get audited every year, and I've had to provide attendee list from 2012, and um, and it's crazy. And hotel bills do not help. It's like banquet. <laughs> it's like you know, and and AV will be on there. So you know, it's just important to know. But with a global card like that, we. Everyone is responsible at our company to report that information to IRS or they'll get audited and it's become more and more strict. So the events that we're planning, we're making sure we're gathering that information and events that aren't tier two, people on their own are paying with their own company credit cards. Now it depends on throughout the corporation if people have their own corporate card, Uh Um,
2: For your your tier one events, are you using a card or are you doing invoices? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And because then we have some pretty high limits, so. Right, and then do you have a technology that you're reconciling that in that you use yeah. for your reporting? Yeah, but again, all that
5: data is required yeah. within that system um, for IRS. So it get, no matter what I do, it, get, it gets bounced back every, every month, my expense report, even though I put everything, every time, they always find I'm missing a comma somewhere. Um, so I would just say is that, on the hotel side, the more detailed the billing can be, the, the smoother it's going to be in the process for us because it's really a mess.
2: Yeah, we do everything, you know, via invoice, right, and we really ask the hotel to divide everything by those categories at least for what's coming out for our larger stuff, which helps a little bit.
3: One of the things that I would just mention in that program that has been successful for the program that we're supporting is that that has been that's the mandatory piece of it so the sourcing side and the we call it finance desk management each region has a desk and that is actually managed as a part of the program okay as the vendor so the sourcing agency that are also is managing the venue payment piece of it and reconciling each and every single one to deal with the issues there so it's not the the responsibility as such has kind of been taken away from the program stakeholder to make sure that those pieces that are so important are compliance. And then what comes as a part of that is also the savings piece of it, where you guys make, like you mentioned, got behind on, right. that it's a, those mm-hmm. are the real key mandatory pieces.
2: Okay, so before she got the mic, for those of you, what she was saying essentially is the outsource mandated part of it, the, her program, right? The, her programs that she's speaking of, right? Is the sourcing as well as the financial reconciliation, right, so that's clean, good input.
6: Any other questions, yeah? Hi, um, just as an experience, because I'm on the agency side and I look after strategy management for the pharmaceutical clients. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the payments, because from our client side, we do use centralized Amex card. And I myself, because I'm based in Asia Pacific, not necessarily every country is flexible enough to accept Amex card because Again, you know, every credit card a difference between Visa and Master. Amex is not the most accepted credit card, to right. be honest. So, especially when it comes to the payment, we do have issues. Especially, maybe it's a bit different here, but in Asia, let's say, for example, when we go to China, some of the vendors they don't even accept the credit card. Not even talk about the Amex. Not even Visa, Master. Sometimes we have to do the cash transaction, and again it's even more challenging when we do the reconciliations because we need the receipts, all the invoices because of the compliance issues and for you know, right. the audit purposes and that's the biggest challenges that we are having because not necess- because to the certain extent it becomes very manual, not yeah. necessarily to transaction wise so it's not even the amex even when they don't even accept a credit card to us we have very limited sources and very limited choices and especially as a Agency side, not necessarily from the corporate direct, mm-hmm. and because we are kind of always in the middleman's position, right? So it becomes a very tedious process, and it becomes very sensitive issues when it comes to the audit. And have you ever come across that sort of issues when you rolled out to down other countries? Or
2: Wait, it's interesting, and and I don't have a ton of global experience, so certainly want to share that, but. Um, you know, I think we would be very hesitant, you know, even if we were relying on a third party to pay for that, that to work with a vendor that did not process a credit card only, I mean, that would, I think that would make everyone I work with very nervous, but I know in some parts of the world, that's probably way more standard. So, but, so no, I may not come across that, Um, you know, we certainly have teams that work internationally that, um, you know, have struggled with the whole Amex thing, right? And we've done, you know, Visa debit cards and things like that to try and, and work through that. So that at least we had something that they could reconcile against when they got home. And that's, I think the best way that we've been able to do that. Um, we have a team member who works on the Olympics, right? So she ends up being in lots of remote places. So that's how she's gotten around that. <laughs> Any other questions, okay. thoughts? Um, I I think it's a great idea if we, um, we obviously can't get it up on the screen, but certainly if anyone wants to see the app, we can show it and be happy to. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right.
0: All right. To earn CEUs, go to PCMA.org slash podcast and complete the form. Thank you for listening to the PCMA Education Corporate Events Podcast Series.